Today, the Sundays of the liturgical year come to an end. The long season after Pentecost that we've journeyed on together comes to a climatic conclusion on this day where we celebrate and remember the reign of Christ our Lord. With confidence, we proclaim that Jesus is Lord and King now and for all eternity. Lifting up Jesus on this last Sunday of the liturgical year reminds us of the final reality of all creation that has already become true in the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord. Today, we remember again that Jesus already reigns at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, as we'll say in the Creed later, and that his rule not only is future and unending, but it has real significance and impact for us even today. Unlike a regular calendar, the liturgical year is not linear, moving endlessly into the future. Rather, it's circular. The ending of one year and the beginning of a new year is not so much about completion as it is about going deeper into the story. Liturgical time moves from one season into the next, ever deepening our understanding of the story of God and of God's faithfulness. So the ending of one year is informed and shaped by the beginning, middle, and end of the new year, and vice versa. So maybe it truly is fitting that today we have these decorations with us. So we know Christ the King as the one who came as a vulnerable baby, born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. And we know Christ the King as the one who has come and who is coming again to judge the living and the dead. This circular shape to church time reminds us that the kingdom of God does not follow the linear time that advances along the logic of cause and effect, but instead follows the inbreaking of God's time that advances on the logic of cross and resurrection. By noticing this nuance in time, we are able to sense that Jesus' kingdom his reign and rule is not like other kingdoms. We can begin to recognize that Jesus' reign is a reign like none other because Jesus is a king like none other. So what kind of kingdom, what kind of reign and rule is this after all? The gospel lesson from Luke provides a window into the world of God's reign and rule in Jesus. Like an icon, the picture Luke paints shows us a reality beyond our present realities that draws us into the way of life that's made possible by Jesus. Yet somewhat surprisingly, the gospel lesson for today, for this reign of Christ Sunday, does not take place at a moment of great triumph for Jesus. You know, perhaps one of the resurrection stories would do. 
but instead it's at the moment of his most apparent abasement. Jesus is on his way to be put to death. This is not the image of a triumphant king that I would expect. This looks much more like defeat, like failure, like a miserable end. Now, if this were the plot of a feature film, we would watch the leader or, or the king of some opposing political force being led to his death. And just when it seems like there would be no hope, the tables would turn for the leader when he escapes by some courageous act of strength or is rescued by his closest companions. And having escaped, he would lead his forces to take over by physical strength, oppressive power, or military might. Yet as it turns out, God is not in the business of feature films. So there's no such plot twist for Jesus here. Instead, he's led to the place called the Skull, a hill on which those who resist the ways of Rome, those who act against the authority of the ruling power, are made to be a spectacle for all to see. On this hill, the empire demonstrates for all to see that challenging or working against its reign and rule has only one end, and that end is death. It's a visible warning to everyone that resistance is futile and that no one should ever consider acting as the ones dying there on that hill acted. So Jesus is taken to the skull and crucified there between two criminals, one on his right and one on his left. While on the cross, Luke tells us that the people who are part of the scene, the religious leaders, the Roman soldiers, and the criminals on the cross, somewhat ironically declare Jesus' true status as the King, the Messiah, the Chosen One and Savior, Though no one would expect that this is the method by which King Jesus would be inaugurated, according to the scriptures, the way of the cross is the way of salvation. Luke invites all to see and hear that death is not the contradiction of Jesus' messiahship or his role as the savior. Rather, crucifixion is the way to enthronement. And enthroned on the cross, Jesus demonstrates the character of his reign and rule. The powers of the world lifted Jesus for all to see and to turn away. But God's plan was that Jesus would be lifted up that all might see and find salvation there. From the cross, from this place of enthronement, Jesus speaks words that ring across time and space, interrupting the natural course of history with the eruption of God's redeeming grace. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. In this moment, Echoes of Jesus's life and teaching abound. Can't you hear Jesus teaching on the plain saying, 
But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. And again, can't you hear Jesus instructing his followers on how to pray, saying, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone indebted to us. And so we hear from the cross, from this place of public spectacle, our enthroned King Jesus proclaiming that his kingdom is one of forgiveness. Instead of the justice of vengeance, Jesus declares that his reign and rule will be marked by the justice of forgiveness. Or as one author puts it, every act of forgiveness enthrones justice. God's reign and rule in the world, God's kingdom revealed in Jesus will forever be characterized by the self-giving love demonstrated by the Lord's forgiveness of those who hung him on the cross. While this is surely good news this morning, this is no easy word for us to hear. In fact, most of the people near the cross that day couldn't receive this word for the good news that it really is. The religious leaders scoffed at Jesus as he was hanging on the cross and offering them forgiveness. This was not the kind of leader that they imagined, nor the Messiah that they longed for. This was not the kind of power they expected the chosen one to demonstrate. They knew the power of political might and physical force, and they expected a king and savior savior who would overthrow their oppressors more likely by force than by forgiveness. So they scoffed. He saved others. Let him save himself. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Perhaps you can imagine scoffing too. Maybe forgiveness of enemies, forgiveness of the one who hurt you or your loved ones the most is not what you're expecting from your chosen savior. Perhaps you're more persuaded by the methods of this world, the means of political might, physical force, and the will to power that dominate our social, political world. And because of this, you're certain that Jesus hanging on the cross, offering forgiveness and welcome, simply cannot accomplish the ends that you desire in your life or in the world. Because of these things, you find yourself joining the religious leaders in their scoffing. If so, hear the word of the Lord to you today. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. The guards at the cross mocked Jesus as he offered them forgiveness. They came to him as he hung on the cross and offered him sour wine. This is no drink for a king. Cheap, sour wine is a mockery. The guards scorned Jesus and mocked his lowly estate. They focused on his connection to the poor and the powerless. Drink this. 
If you are really the king of the Jews, save yourself. In the guards' imagination, no king should be this low. No king should be this powerless. Clearly, to them, Jesus is no king. To them, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Perhaps you can imagine a reaction like the guards have. Maybe Jesus' connection with the powerless and the poor, his siding with the marginalized and the outsiders make it challenging for you to recognize his reign. Maybe you know all too well the challenges of poverty or of being pushed to the sides where you feel like you have no voice and have no hope. And because you've been in the place of exclusion for so long, you believe you need someone powerful enough to save himself first before he can give you any hope at all. Perhaps you wonder, if this savior could not even rescue himself from the traps of poverty and oppression, how could he ever give you hope either? And so you've joined the guards in their mocking today. If so, hear the word of the Lord for you. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. One of the criminals on the cross responded to Jesus' offering of forgiveness with derision and blasphemy. Aren't you supposed to be the Messiah? Then save yourself and us too. Clearly, a dead Messiah is no true Messiah to this man hanging with Jesus. God's power is clearly not present there. After all, the cross is the place where the powers of the world prove that they win. The cross is where they prove they can and will crush you if you stand against them. This is where the powers prove they control life and death. That is to say, this is where the powers claim that they are actually God. For the criminal hanging with Jesus, if Jesus was the true Messiah of God, then he must first save himself and then save all those who would identify with him. And then Jesus said to him, Father, forgive him, for he does not know what he's doing. Maybe you found yourself at the place where the powers of the world prove that they will win. And you've been lifted up there for all to see. Perhaps you've been ridiculed and made a spectacle of in your times of fault or error, and you know the embarrassment and the shame of the experience. And like the man on the cross, you identify with Jesus there. But you believe that the best way through the humiliation is self-focused defiance and resistance. So you call on Jesus to save himself and to take you with him. And in so doing, perhaps even unwittingly, you ridicule Christ and the God who has chosen another way. If so, hear the word of the Lord for you today.
Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The other criminal on the cross responded to Jesus' offering of forgiveness in a different manner. He recognized God's work even in the place of death and powerlessness. He acknowledged his own wrongdoing and the injustice of Jesus' own suffering and death. And then he called out to Jesus, saying, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when your future reign is realized. Remember me when you are proven, even through this suffering and death, to be the king we've been waiting for. Remember me. This simple remember me, this confession is met with forgiveness and inclusion. Father, forgive him. Today, Jesus says, you will be with me. Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day you'll rest in the assurance that the way of self-giving love and forgiveness is the way of salvation. Today is the day you'll behold God's mercy offered boundlessly for you and for the many for the forgiveness of sins. Thanks be to God. Perhaps you know this prayer. Perhaps you have prayed, remember me. And you know the grace of forgiveness and inclusion. You've experienced the joy of becoming a member of Christ's body, of being remembered with Jesus and the community of the forgiven. If you've lived this gift, this story on Christ the King Sunday has one more lesson for you. You see, the reign of Christ is a participatory reign. And Jesus' kingdom is to be embodied by those who have been membered with him. So as those who have embraced the forgiveness of Jesus and the inclusion he offers to everyone, you are invited to emulate his kingly example. Jesus invites you, who he has remembered, to participate in his reign and rule. And his is a reign of forgiveness. His is a reign of invitation. His is a reign of welcome for all. His is a reign of freedom for the offended and the offender. His is a reign of freedom for the one harmed and the one who has done the harm. His is the reign of freedom for saint and for sinner and for anyone who is both saintly and sinful. So Jesus invites all of us now to receive his forgiveness and to join his reign that was inaugurated on the cross and continues today and through all eternity. As those forgiven and remembered by Jesus, may we pursue the ways of his kingdom on this Christ the King Sunday and on every day of this year and for all eternity, world without end. Amen.